fanficmedia.com presents Beyond the Wall, a Game of Thrones podcast. With hosts, Christiana Ellis, Chute Schubert, Vivid Muse, and Nookchus. Hey everybody, this is Chooch. Welcome to Season 8 of Beyond the Wall. Tonight we're discussing Episode 2 of Game of Thrones, titled A Knight of the Seven Kingdoms. With no spoilers, because there <laughs> still are none. <laughs> uh, beyond this episode. We're going to spoil Episode 2, for sure. Oh, for sure. <laughs> I'm Juice, as always, joined by Christiana Ellis. Hello. And by Anukchus. Hello, everyone. And Viv. Hey, y'all. And uh, so we're uh, just prepping to watch episode three in a couple hours. And thought we'd talk about last week and say, hey, what's going to happen? And you know what? I just realized I was going over, you know, like, should we kind of like talk about like uh, different areas or like follow one person? And it's all in Winterfell. Yeah. Episode two. And I'm guessing as well episode three. <laughs> um, Probably. Because it's, you know, presumably up next is just a big giant battle. Um, I did not. Uh, well, first of all, does anybody have any news or anything? Um, I'm not aware of anything uh, terribly exciting. My only news is that I am back at home in the United States instead of in, uh, you know, recording from South Korea. So I get to be talking uh, at the same time that everybody else is instead of it being evening, morning for me and evening for you guys. Right. (laughs) And I think the rest of our news is that uh, we'll be recording on Mondays from now on. Yeah, yeah, that is yeah. big. That's a big change. So yeah, we will be ahead of the curve, as they say, <laughs> instead of just before the next one. Um, I saw like an HBO Game of Thrones news. I saw they cancel one of the spinoffs. I'm like, I thought yeah. they were all canceled already. I thought there was just one. Like, well, but I guess they hadn't. It's not that it's canceled and and we were misinformed or they would report it poorly. It was HBO said, give us your best ideas and we'll see what we like. And mm-hmm. now and everybody thought that meant, oh, we're going to have all of these different shows. And it's no, no, they just didn't pick that one. Yeah, they were developing like five different things. And then they yeah. had one that they said for sure. And I thought that meant the rest fell to the wayside. I guess who would need more than one game of shows thrown at the time? Hmm. <laughs> thrown. Yeah. Basically, we 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 know nothing. Right. But they're going to keep reporting. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Well, I I think that that's just uh, it, it's a hazard of the uh, combination of the current internet and social media age with one of the rare media properties that really does attract a lot of people's attention all at once. Because mm-hmm. uh, we're we're seeing the same thing with Avengers uh, Endgame, right? Where for a long time, everybody saw the same show at the same time because that's all there was to watch. Right. Yeah. That's um, the way it works. But then, you know, <laughs> things started to splinter. So everyone sees the different things at different times. 
there's not as much wall-to-wall media coverage, except uh, now the internet has reached this saturation point where if people are obsessed with it, you know, they're, you know, every website that is even tangentially related is going to do at least eight Game of Thrones articles per week. Right. And so they have to really reach to find stuff to talk about for eight articles worth. So, yeah, (laughs) that's a good point. I don't know. It just seems um, like the, the end has been known for so long that HBO would have, I don't know, like trailers for the next thing, you know, but not even solid on what the, the, all the plans are going forward. It seems like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's casting for the one project, though, right? True, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I guess it's a good thing that, that we're not, they aren't just rolling straight into another thing. Um, mm-hmm. I think we definitely, at least I need a break. <laughs> I know. From the world for a little bit. <clears throat> so the next show will be drastically different, so. Mm-hmm. So, uh, speaking of episode news, we talked about how they don't seem to be posting the episode titles in advance for mm-hmm. this season. Um, Mike McCauley speculates that episode three's title might be shit hitting the fan. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I was just about to say that, that, uh, yeah, I think you're right about that one. Yeah. Well, you know, I've, I've seen a couple of articles refer to the episode as the battle of Winterfell, mm-hmm. yeah. but I think that's purely speculative just based yeah. on what we're expecting to happen. Yeah. yeah, which frankly is a surprise to me, given that I don't know about you guys, but I thought after episode one that that's what episode two was going to be. Absolutely, this is true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what makes I think going into this episode so terrifying because they gave us so much candy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so much. It's yeah, like this episode. It was all about connections for sure, yeah. reconnecting, connecting, and. Uh, calm before the storm for sure. Yeah. Well, and I want to say as the person that uh, was, you know, uh, hardest on last week's episode, um, I was the most strict with my dismal score of eight out of 10. Um, (laughs) This episode actually was kind of more of what I wanted. I feel like just the first episode had lots of good stuff, but there was so much of it that you couldn't actually let any of it breathe. It was just one thing after another. Whereas I felt like this one had some really great long scenes where they just let the characters actually exist in their current situation and ponder it and think about it and talk about it and not just like, Oh, these two characters said hi to each other. And look, Oh, those two characters gave each other frowny faces from across the room. And now we're over here. Yeah. And and I, again, I don't want to be too dismissive of episode one. It was fine. I gave it an eight out of 10 and maybe I'm the one that's defensive about that. Nobody else cares. But uh, this episode (laughs) was more what I wanted. Yeah. So, In the the whole naming scheme, by the way, I just wanted to say, I thought, oh, okay, I totally understand now why they didn't give us the name of the episode, because it was such an important thing. Mm. But we still don't have names for tonight's episode, so I think they're going to continue on with that. And uh, in the chat, April O'Neil says, this episode is titled, I have to to kill some people and stop banging my nephew. (laughs) Oh, my God, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, seems like John might have already made that decision for her. And I, I mean, I guess 
and it's, she doesn't have to decide to stop. It's more a matter of <clears> like, <throat> he seems not into it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. It's, Game of Thrones. it's early yet, but mm-hmm. he, yeah, I, I sensed, you know, he didn't turn around and well, we'll get to it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, what, what he did, I think was fascinating given the other character that we saw for the first time in a very long time in this episode. Right. And that of course was ghost. Yes. Yep. So the fact that John just stops talking to Danny, just starts walking out of the room when she's there. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah to- it's very telling. Her. <laughs> well, this- I was so happy to see ghost. I, I just want to throw that out there. He didn't do much. He was just sitting there. I was so happy because we did talk about it. It's like, is right. All right. Well, yeah. And I think that was pure. Just, yeah. Fan service. Do I have to be the buzzkill to say though, that I can only think of one possible reason for us to, for them to remind us that ghost exists. Oh, so we can lose him. Just like every wonderful scene in this entire episode is a, yeah. Remember how much you love this person. You have all the happy for them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Although I, I suppose it is theoretically possible that they actually wanted to remind us briefly in episode two, so that Ghost can actually do something cool and maybe save someone. In yes. This next episode, right. maybe. And then we'll yeah. we can say, oh well, yeah, we saw him at the end of the last episode. Of course, he yeah. was nearby. It wasn't some crazy people just to like, oh wolf. yeah, that guy, that, right? That wolf. <laughs> Remember, dire wolves exist, and yeah, mm-hmm. the dragons mm-hmm. had the week off. Yeah, <laughs> you can only get one. Right. Yeah. Well, this whole episode starts. Um, uh, I was going to say in Winterfell, like the whole thing, but it starts um, with who arrived last time, Jamie, and mm-hmm. we kind of pick right up and uh, with Danny remembering all the stories about this man who just walked in front of her, and like, why shouldn't mm-hmm. I just have you killed right this moment? You know. <laughs> Yeah, and Tyrion's just like I'm kind of fucked, you know. <laughs> like when Jamie's, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah, my sister lied to me and to all of us, and um, yeah, I was really worried about this scene because the preview for the episode made it seem like this was the big deal of the episode. Yeah, um, and I think a lot, you know everyone's worried about like because I don't, I cannot imagine a single fan in existence that would be rooting for. Danny to have Jamie executed, but yeah. Yeah. it did not seem outside the realm of possibility yeah. that that's what she would at least want to have happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I w- frankly was so relieved. Um, be- well, first of all, what I'll say is like, I, like I mentioned in my teaser, I had to watch this episode a mere eight hours delayed oh. because the premiere time was when I was at work at 10 a.m. on Monday. So I had to wait until I got home back to the hotel from work to watch it. And in that time, I thought I got spoiled on the whole episode. Wow. Um, I was trying immediately to scroll away anytime I saw any reference to it. But I, I had muted a ton of stuff and still because people were talking about it like crazy. But it turns out that the things that I thought I was spoiled on didn't actually happen. So thankfully, I was misunderstanding something. <laughs> but it left me in a weird state mentally when I watched the episode. Well, but look, I think that <laughs> even if you say something innocuous, and you even if you don't say this happened, 
mm-hmm. you say something about, boy, that was exciting. And then you pose a question of some sort that mm-hmm. changes the filter that I'm viewing that scene through. Yeah. And that annoy that's enough to set me off. Like if you, it, like you can really s- easily change the tone of a scene, I think, or, mm-hmm. or something like that. And so I just think I just need to not, <laughs> I just need yeah. to not like, I'm glad we're doing this tonight now because well, not, I guess we're earlier than normal, but like it, we watch it on the regular HBO schedule, which mm-hmm. here is two out is what two hours after you guys watch it. It mm-hmm. starts here yeah. because yeah. we don't use the internet to time travel mm-hmm. to see it with you guys. <laughs> And yeah. it's, in that amount of time, it's just like enough time. So I can't imagine how bad it was for you. Yeah. So last week I watched it like late on Sunday, I think. Mm-hmm. And even then there were spoilers in my timeline feed and no spoiler space. No, nothing. Just, yeah, yeah. I'm going to go through a list of what I think is going to happen based on what I just finished watching. Yeah. And it's like, dude, you could not have possibly have it hasn't been an hour since you stopped watching before yeah. you write this gigantic post that isn't clipped, that has no spoiler space or anything, mm-hmm. which was really surprising to me because I feel like we've all gotten better about spoilers. Yeah. Except yeah. Last week it was spoiler city everywhere yeah. and people let's not do that. I think a lot of people were reacting to it because I haven't seen end game spoilers. Right. Yeah. YouTube, I gotta well, watch out. But Facebook, the, it's easier. At the same time, though, with Endgame spoilers, like this is way off on a tangent, but I think it's actually a fascinating discussion because uh, about a week before Endgame came out, there was a leak of essentially a sizzle reel that looked like someone filmed it off a screen with their cell phone. Mm-hmm. But it was not like a scene from the movie, like intact. It was like a couple of things cut together weirdly. Oh, that's and strange. so there were a lot of people who were kind of immediately like, is this a leak or is it a leak? Wink. Yeah. <laughs> um, because what it what happened is that it then produced this whole big campaign where a lot of the official marketing started being all about, hey, come on, guys, don't spoil it. You know, mm, interesting. And, and uh, so they actually made a significant portion of their movie advertising being all about the idea of be a pal, don't spoil it for your buddies, and uh, that sort of thing. You know, and like some of them making use of like the whole Captain America, you know, PSA meme. You know, like so you've heard there's spoilers for Endgame, you know, like that sort of thing. But so I thought that was fascinating, but I agree in general with, with what you were saying that uh, like, I am on the record in several different places as not being as opposed to spoilers personally, as Mm -hmm. a lot of people are like, I don't mind them as much as I know some people do, but boy, I don't seek them out and they were hard to avoid. Yeah. Uh, last week for sure. Yeah. That's yeah. change for sure. Mm-hmm. So let's get better people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we have a few people um, stepping up for Jamie. Um, Brianne, big time, you know. Yeah. I, whole- I have to say that I really enjoy that. Basically the argument is won by Brienne and seconded by Sansa. 
Mm-hmm. That there is this big turmoil going on, and it's you know the queen is like, this is what I want to do, and instead of it being a, a bunch of men changing her mind or telling her why she shouldn't be upset, it becomes a look. This is what my experiences with this man are. He's not perfect, but in the clinch, he saved my honor. And I think we should trust him. And it's another woman who has been through a lot of things that turned around and said, I would trust her with my life. I'm going to vouch for her word. And that was awesome, only to be made even better by later on the scene between Daenerys and Sansa, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, I I agree. It was like, I think it was very, like, I don't want to say predictable in a bad way, mm-hmm. but I think we could expect Certainly Tyrion would be in favor of saving Jamie, but also to some extent we could imagine like his opinion almost kind of doesn't count mm-hmm. because everyone would say, well, of course you would say that you're his brother, that sort of thing. Right. right? Um, but I think we could all guess like Brienne is the other obvious person who would really be an advocate for Jamie, but would, how much would she be willing to say? But what she is willing to do is to essentially put her entire reputation potentially at stake by yeah. going to bat for this guy who a lot of people see only as a Lannister and an Oathbreaker and uh, literally, you know, an enemy of the state. And so, uh, but her really being able to say, listen, I know he did all of those bad things that you're talking about, but that is not all who, that is not all he is. And I believe that he is worth, you know, uh, Letting us, you know, if it, as, as Tyrion said too, it's like all he had to do was not come here, right. and yet he's come here with critical information that we actually really needed and find very valuable. Yeah, yep. and he did that knowing that we might have him executed for it. Yep, you know. And, so, and I loved the uh, the the duality there of just Bran creepily being there and. You know, the things we do for love. Oh, man. And Jamie's just sitting there like, I I, I don't oh, know. Oh, They're going to oh, kill me. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that definitely shook him for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, th- I think Jamie had not anticipated, like, despite what Tyrion says about he knew how he might be received. And uh, I think Jamie, honestly, was not expecting the reaction to be so negative. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think he was probably thinking like, well, yeah, but I saw Daenerys at that meeting that we had down in King's Landing. I thought we were cool, you know, yeah. <laughs> or if not right. cool, yeah, then yeah, at yeah. least not like you're going to have me immediately executed. And everybody carefully not saying, you know, well, the king was kind of ape shit crazy. And no, you're yeah. like, we're not allowed to say that to you, <laughs> but oh, well, he was kind of defending the realm. When he did it, even so, let's not forget Brienne held that against Jamie for a really long time. Mm-hmm. She knew that the Mad King was mad. She had sworn herself to a Baratheon, and yet he was the Oathbreaker, and that mm-hmm. was why she couldn't trust him. Yeah, but he won her over. Yeah. Um, one interesting thing about Danny in this episode, both in this scene and a bit more later, that we'll we'll talk about is. She is, I don't, I don't want to say oddly necessarily, but 
we can observe that she has actually kind of regressed on a couple of key points in the sense that, first of all, she has acknowledged to more than one character, yes, I agree, my father was a bad king. Mm-hmm. She said it to Yara, said it to John, and has basically on more than one occasion admitted he wasn't great. Yep. It doesn't mean I was happy he was usurped, but I get it. Whereas now she seemed like when she's accusing Jamie, she seems like she's totally ignoring any element of that. She kind of wants it both ways, you know? Yeah. 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 The, the, and the other uh, bit, which we'll talk more about when we talk about the discussion with Sansa is that uh, uh, we can recall during, I believe season six, when Theon and Yara approach Danny what Yara requests in exchange for their loyalty is the Iron Islands to be independent. Mm-hmm. Mm. And I actually rewatched the scene and there's a whole bit where essentially Tyrion says, well, if you give the Iron Islands their independence, everybody's going to ask for it. Mm-hmm. And what Danny says is, well, everyone, you know, she demanded, she didn't demand, she asked. The others are welcome to ask as well is what she said. But I think we can also imagine that it's one thing to say, oh, the Iron Islands, sure, nobody likes them and they're tiny anyway, so fine. Uh, Whereas the North is like, you know, like the northern third of the territory that she's supposedly supposed (laughs) to have. (laughs) Well, and and, and throughout the series and even in... um, even in the books, they often talk about the reason why keeping Sansa alive was so important is because having the Warden of the North means Mm -hmm. the key to the North. This is why Peter Baelish wanted her, not just because she reminded him of Kat, but because she was the key to getting the North. Mm -hmm. Um, And the North, like without the North, you don't have the seven kingdoms. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I agree with you. Um, Mike McCauley asks, uh, he says, it seems to me like Sansa assumed leadership of the trial and Danny was somewhat in somewhat of a passive role being the queen and all. Do you think that shows weakness on Danny's part? Hmm. I don't know if it showed weakness because I, I, I also, I'm not sure if I, I agree with the yeah. idea of her being passive. I think at the beginning, it seemed much more like she was taking charge and saying, well, obviously we're going to execute him. So let's just talk about that. But it, I think Brienne coming to his defense so strongly was what inspired Sansa to then take a firm stand of not just say, well, okay, let's continue to talk about it, but her, for her to take a position and say, and, and really almost in a very challenging way to Danny, almost for her to just like, almost just declare that yep. they won't. And kind of putting John in a position of having to like pick sides. Yep. And, and, and that's exactly how I see it. I agree. 100%. Uh, I, I didn't see Danny as weak. I, if anything, if you want to say that there was weakness, it was because the Starks kind of sided against her position. Yeah. Um, well, I think she was trying to be really restrained. I think she had mm-hmm. that crazy Viserian eye going and, Mm-hmm. You know, Vis- Viserys. What was his name? I can only remember the Viserys. Yeah. Yeah. Viserys. Yeah. <laughs> she had that crazy Viserys look going with her eyes popping and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. I think she was trying to be restrained because she knew that didn't work for him. 
Yeah, she and, was trying to do the Ice Queen sort of cold. Yeah. And yeah, and I do think that if if at any time she's going to be convinced to change her mind on this, now is the time because of what just happened with Sam. Yes. Mm. You know, yeah. for the first time she's like, ooh, maybe oh, I should yeah. kill yeah. people. <laughs> uh, so Paulette's in the chat and she says, uh, you killed my father, prepared to die. But now that I think about it, he was a bit of a dick. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But yeah, yeah. So I, I think that there, it, by the end, there was sort of a shift in the power dynamic, mm -hmm. but it was basically just because Sansa kind of presumptuously declared a result to this trial before, before it was really finished, kind of just sort of by, she's like willing it. Like she stated her opinion as though that decided the matter yeah. right there in front of Danny, even though Danny had pretty much been saying the other side. Um, and then John sided backed up Sansa. And so I think it was really meant to make us because in all of the scenes between Danny and John this week, the show put us in Danny's shoes, just mm -hmm. from a cinematic visual perspective, yeah. we see her noticing John pulling away. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think, I think also uh, Jan, uh, Jan. Jeez. John sided with Sansa much more quickly than he would have previously because he's avoiding Danny and he just found, you know, and he's thinking mm -hmm. about this news that that Sam gave him. So it really was yeah. like this entire scene needed last week. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I think it's also, yeah, I agree all of that, all of that. And I think it's also true just like Sam said last week, just in terms of really drawing the line, although John has executed people, mm -hmm. it's never been something where he felt like, like, yes, I am the sword of justice and I will see that the right thing is done. Mm -hmm. It was always either like very reluctant, like, you know, very like he, he never did it like out of like, spite or as of anger or like you know you did not kneel to me therefore uh, it was always like well so like executing janice slint was he gave janice like four or five times mm -hmm. <laughs> okay i am your lord commander everyone just saw me get elected We've had this conversation before and you are essentially openly defying me and disobeying my direct order and disrespecting me in front of everybody. And I am pointing out that that's exactly what you're doing. And are you sure this is the path you want to go down? Right. And, yeah. and Janice basically forced his hand, like at, at that point, like what else could he have ever done? You yeah. know, it was essentially Janice trying to sort of uh just essentially say you you don't you know you're not the boss of me and john had to say well actually yes i am yeah and well, and yeah. i think another piece is that every time john has executed somebody he's executed them he does it the way of the north mm -hmm. and Danny may feel like she's ex executing people, but she burns them with her dragons. Her dragons mm. do the execution. And this is the first thing, the first lesson we as, as viewers learned from Ned Stark 
is if you're going to execute somebody, you have to be the man who swings the sword because then the choice to execute has weight. Hmm. And I think that that is a big difference between when John does it and when Danny does it, because John knows if I decide to put this person to death, I have to do it. I think to her, it's the same thing. The dragons are an extension yeah. of herself. I think she thinks that, but I don't think that it has the yeah. same weight. I don't think she would kill as many people if she had to swing a sword to kill them. I think, yeah, I, I, I agree with both of you. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the, the way that I, uh, the way that I parse that is that I agree with Chooch that Danny thinks it's the same. But as we have seen with Daenerys and her relationship with the dragons, we remember she locked them up in the pyramid because they killed a little kid. And in her mind, that's where it all started to go wrong. And it only started to go right again when she let them out, excuse me, when she let them out to do their thing. And it also gives like extra sort of sinister nuance to her line last week about like, what do the dragons eat? Whatever they want. Mm -hmm. And it is explicitly, I think, Mm. intended to evoke the idea that, look, they're dragons. They're wild, powerful, dangerous things that do what they want to do. And that's what I identify with. And so even though she sees it as the same, what she is doing is essentially self-identifying with a dangerous animal. Yeah. As opposed to someone who solemnly, reluctantly does what has to be done. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Which I think, you know, not to say that it couldn't still uh turn but uh i do continue to feel like i observed last week that the show seems to be pivoting on on danny uh it is lining up characters in opposition to her without um although i you know i have to say though it this episode kind of did it continued that but it also gave daenerys having some of her own doubts yeah, like, I feel like I feel like Danny is going to learn a lot this season. Yeah. Uh if if she survives. Yeah. <laughs> I think that she is learning a lot about her past and her different choices and we'll get more into that when we talk about her discussion with Sansa. Mhm. Yeah. Um next from here was uh down to the forges, which was a kind of uh what what before we go there i'm sorry just one last thought on on the the whole kind of trial sequence i'm sorry to mm-hmm. cut you off but uh i in in my relief that the decision was made to not execute jamie um i was also honestly relieved that the show didn't waste too much time getting to that result that yeah. they didn't try to make us wait the whole episode in suspense or something um that they just kind of said, look, this is an important issue that the characters in question would need to have a conversation about. 
So let's have them have that conversation, get to a resolution and then move on. And, and I was glad that happened. I mean, this whole thing was resolved in what, like the first 10 minutes of the episode, I think. Yeah. Yep. And I think any other yeah. episode, this would have been a, you know, a plot point for a couple episodes, you know, a couple of weeks. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Forgive me for pointing this out. If someone already said it, I had aggro drawn from someone. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, with, when um, Jamie was, uh, when Danny agreed to let, you know, Jamie fight and Grey Worm gave him Widow's Whale, which was Joffrey's sword, that being at Winterfell, along with Brienne having Oathkeeper, that means essentially that Ice has returned to Winterfell. That's yep. true. Oh, wow. It's yeah. true. Isn't that neat? <laughs> yeah. I love it. Yeah. Only I don't think Arya has shown it to anybody. Um, Arya, well, I mean to Gendry, but like nobody no, knows. No, no. What, what do you mean? Um, so Her, the she, dagger. Okay, I'm well, sorry. That, that's that Valerian steel. That's not. I'm sorry. Yeah. Duh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no. I was just thinking it's another piece of Valerian steel. Yeah. There's, There's actually lots of them floating of, around, huh? Yeah, a remarkable number. It's okay to get confused. There's not been this many in one castle in a while. Yeah. Some reason my head I was thinking was split in three. But um, yeah. So uh, in the forges and Arya lets mm -hmm. Gendry know that she is serious. And, and this is kind of what becomes a necessary scene. To mm -hmm. let us know that he still sees her as a child and, you know, yeah. and you better go down to the crypts and be safe with everybody. Mm -hmm. You don't want to get hurt. Yeah. And getting yeah. very impressed with her that, oh, fuck. Yeah. I guess you yeah, have Arya, seen a few things. <laughs> in my opinion, Arya flexes more successfully than Tormund in this episode. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> so much. Uh, <laughs> I, there's a fascinating dynamic with Arya right now because... She has spent so many you know, like years now subjectively in show mm -hmm. of play acting as the helpless little girl when she knows that she's more dangerous than that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And now it's almost the reverse is that she's actually trying to be exactly who she is. And yeah. everyone still sees her that way. Yeah. Even the people she considers herself closest to. Yep. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. Uh, but but it's, it's true that there's yeah. no way that they could know, you know, the journey she's been on. A few of them, so, like the Hound, obviously. Yeah, I was going to say, so of <laughs> the people that Arya knows, who do you think understands her lethality and who she actually is the most? And Sansa. I was going to say the Hound. Probably Sansa. the only one. Yeah. Oh, Sansa. Sansa's uh, a good one too. I think yeah. she got terrified, Sansa. I think she got yeah, woke, yeah. Right out of her. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, I think it I think it's Sansa. Um the hound understands a certain side of her, her that her capability of yeah. being ruthless and cold, but he hasn't seen her display the combat skills. Yeah. That's true. I agree with that for sure. And Bran doesn't count because he's seen everybody. Yeah. 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 He's all creepy like. Yeah. 
but yeah, Mike McCauley in the chat is is pointing out what I was just going to, which was how cool was the scene with the triple bullseye knife throw, uh. the bumper weapon. So I so as a demonstration of just is like, no, I'm a fighter. I'm going to be fighting. Here's why you should prioritize me over everybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, also, just as a brief aside on a, just a meta storytelling level, it seems to me that this scene was intended to show us, the viewers, that we should not be thinking of the dragon glass weapons as brittle. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I was thinking, Oh, those things break easy. And then uh, not yeah, one of them broke. Yeah. The axe well, and, and, yeah. yeah. And it, it's, it, it's specifically raised as a, won't that be brittle and hit them saying no. So the story, it, it seems like the episode is telling us, don't worry about that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they forged them and whatever they did happen. made them stronger. Yeah. <laughs> it's a different world. This isn't what you think it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not just volcanic glass. Yeah. It's magic volcanic glass. <laughs> That's right. It's, it's, called dragon glass and there actually are dragons so (laughs) (laughs) i loved the way that gendry was was really trying to convince her to go to the crypts though i mean like he was he was really emphatic i think if it were anybody but aria his arguments would have sold but she's just like oh really a different kind of death (laughs) you know that was almost like a little turn on for her well, we also, we see later that the arguments very similar are made to Sam and they yeah. win. Yeah. So as you said, mm-hmm. if it was anybody else, well, yes, when it is somebody else, yeah, it wins. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, well. <laughs> and Paulette says, and this also demonstrates that someone on the writing staff watches Critical Role. Dagger, dagger, dagger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I I did note I when I when we watched it the first time I did feel like uh Gendry and Arya were like moon-eyed like make puppy dog little crush eyes and now when I watch it I feel like yeah they were definitely making sexy eyes at each other I got it <laughs> totally different perspective now that Arya's all grown up but we'll get to that <laughs> yeah <laughs> we have Jamie <clears throat> working on his apology tour <laughs> comes into the garden with Bran. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really sorry uh, about that. And, you know, Bran's like, you weren't at the time. <laughs> yeah. But it made us who we are now. So it was meant to be. I. Okay. So this is more of that creepy Bran is creepy. Um, I love his whole awareness. I love that you weren't at the time. And if you hadn't, I would be Brandon. I would still be Brandon Stark. I would be Warden of the North. But or instead, dead. Hmm? or dead if he hadn't gone north. Of yeah, Florida. or dead. Who knows? Um, but uh, it 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 also shows, like you know, when he says, "Well, thank you, you know, for that," and he says, "Well, you know, you you couldn't have fought for us." if they all murdered you and it shows that brand's like, yeah, they would have murdered you. They would, they will outright murder you yeah. when, if, and when they find out. And then he says, so they can murder me after he goes, what makes you think there's an after? <laughs> yeah. That's uh, I mean, yeah. And then I was thinking, well, what makes you think there's not <laughs> three eyed raven? <laughs> like, what's the, what are we doing here? <laughs> 
What's the whole point? I again picture that that silly little meme that floats around of the dog in the house on fire. It's fine. It's fine. Everything's it was, fine. Yeah. <laughs> it was circulating when he had that dragon breathing fire on him. And I just, with this scene, it's kind of like, yeah, you're there again, buddy. But I appreciate you're still picking up your sword, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, and, and for, he could opt out. Mm-hmm. He really could. He could have gone anywhere. Mm-hmm. He could have said, I can't fight with my left hand. He could have opted out at any point because he's he now beyond Essos, you know, yeah. I mean, he doesn't have to be there at all. He's now beyond the point of, I need to be able to fight because I'm Jamie Lannister. Yeah. I think he's kind of put that behind him. And, but now it's no, if I'm going to do something with my life, this is what I have to do with it. Yeah. And he knows that he's going into something that, you know, not being as capable with his, his left hand, He's going into something that he knows he's probably not going to survive. So I feel like the reason that he's so emphatic about going in and, and, you know, expressly fighting under Brienne for Brienne is that like, I think that he's probably wondering if that there's much else he can do other than maybe save Brienne once or twice, if he's got her back in battle, you know, because he's got to know he's going to die there for sure. And I can't think of any other reason other than him wanting to be there for her. I think he wants to make his life have something worthwhile that mm-hmm. he can do something good with his life because up until he met Brienne, all he ever did was to be able to stay with his sister and they didn't do good things together. Yeah. And, you know, he broke his oath. He killed his King. He, he fathered children, with the queen who was also his sister and he was very selfish. And when we meet him, he is the epitome of selfish. And all that matters is this prideful idea of who Jamie Lannister is, but mm-hmm. it's through, and he's had people call him an oath breaker his whole life, but through Brienne's eyes, mm-hmm. he realizes there is something better. That's what I should be. I should have a heart like her. She is what a knight is supposed to be. It's not supposed to be about I'm better than everyone else. It's about uh, being there to serve. And I think he realized, look, I believe the dead are coming. And my life, I haven't done much good. And this is the one thing that I can do that's good. Who cares if my sister gets power? Who cares I mean, even with the idea that he's got another kid coming, it's not about surviving for him anymore. It's about, I need to do something good. And I think that's why he said, I want to fight for you, Brienne, because he knows whatever she's doing is going to be good. Uh, just to jump in on, and add on that, um, I, was the con- his conversation with Tyrion was actually earlier, was right after the trial, wasn't it? Where just because the exchange of... Yeah. Tyrion basically saying, don't try to pretend that you didn't really know what Cersei was, not to me. Oh, yeah. You knew and loved her anyway. Yep. So it's one thing to say you you stayed with her because you loved her, but don't pretend that the love blinded you because we both know that's not true. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. And, And they did have the discussion of, do you think she's actually pregnant? Yeah. And they both said they believed her. Mm. Yeah. 
but they both believed she was sending her army too. Yeah. 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 We have uh, still not had any, I, I feel like if the show wanted us to think she was pregnant, they would have proved it. Yeah. I, I think at best the show wants us to wonder. Yeah. Hmm. I think it was uh, this point in the episode I noticed uh, little details that uh, everything around Winterfell now has dragonglass kind of embedded in it. Yeah. They've got yeah. the little pikes in the ground and the ramparts, and they're just sprinkling that shit everywhere. <laughs> yeah. I don't blame them. That was cool to see. Uh, we get uh, a bunch of walking around, basically, and um, where people like uh, recently everybody's been kind of tearing Tyrion down and you know misjudging Cersei, and 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 all of a sudden everybody's Danny's just like ah he's such an idiot, but um, we've get basically everybody's standing up for him, you know. Yeah, we get a uh, Sansa and Danny almost getting along. Like yeah. it's looking pretty mm. good, looking pretty positive. They can, you know, see eye to eye on a few things. And Sansa stands up for Tyrion, which is pretty sweet, pretty you know, nice. And then mm-hmm. Jorah stood up for Tyrion. Yeah, yeah. And just, that was I think cool. That's that's what actually changed your mind. I think. Yeah. 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 And the way he changed, he said, "I can't stand him," but I think he's right. I think he's mm-hmm. the right guy for this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He drove me crazy. But I think he should be your hand. It shouldn't be me. Right. Uh, because essentially we can understand that from one perspective, it's like, okay, we all know he's smart. But that doesn't make him right. And what we have seen happen is that on several notable occasions, he used very smart words to talk us all into something that turned out to be a huge mistake. Trusting Cersei is one. We also, you know, the whole dealing with the slave masters uh, from mm-hmm. Marine, which they only agreed to as pretext to let your guard down so we can bring our big fleet and attack mm-hmm. you. And uh, that whole, you know, so there's been a number of occasions where it's fairly unambiguous to say his advocated plan backfired pretty tremendously. And so we could say, we could understand a perspective of saying, look, He's able to talk. We all know that. He can speak extremely well, and his ideas sound smart, but they don't actually lead to good results. But at the same time, I think what, you know, Jorah is kind of persuading is like, this is complicated stuff. You can't see the future, and without seeing the future, all you can do is give it your best guess. Yeah. And so if we all agreed to it because it sounded like the right thing, just because it turned out to be wrong, it doesn't mean it wasn't still a smart idea mm-hmm. yep. playing the odds. You know, it's, it's just kind of like uh, the that Picard quote that's become a bit of a, you know, a meme of like, it is possible to commit no mistakes and still lose. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that's the truth. Yeah. You know, smart people can be wrong. Mm -hmm. And if you're given information and it seems like the right thing, but you don't have all the information, you know, it's, it's, it happens. Everybody makes mistakes. Mm -hmm. But the question is, who do you want making those decisions? 
True. And oddly, whenever Tyrion, and I know we as viewers, we see more of Tyrion than what the characters do, but every time Tyrion has been hand, his decisions have never been selfish. Yeah. And they've never been for him. They've been for the realm, the people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. With the exception of Shay. Well, that was his yeah. downfall with Tywin. Yeah. You know, and that was something that really uh, resonated more with me in the rewatch was that in some ways, you know, things coming to tragedy between Tyrion and Shay was somewhat inevitable. Yeah. But what made it inevitable was not her nature. It was Tyrion's inability to let go of something that was. So the, the thing that made romance between, you know, a lasting relationship with Tyrion and Shay impossible was that it was incompatible with him staying in his position as the hand of the yeah. king and in charge and the playing the game mm -hmm. and all of that, because that was what didn't work. And she said to him on more than one occasion, let's go away. Yeah. Let's mm -hmm. leave here. Now I'll also add that does not mean that that would have been the right thing for him to do because his objections to that, although are they're shaped by him just wanting to stay in power, but it's also true for him to say is like, if I renounce my family and our money and we go live somewhere else, I am just a dwarf. And that is not a good life for most dwarves. Yeah. yeah. And so his feel, fear that like, even if she loves him, is that really enough? And it's, I think that's a reasonable objection that frankly, she was dismissive of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but ultimately that it's, it was a star-crossed lovers thing. It's just that although they loved each other, they were too different from one each other, from one another to ever be able to find peace in either place. And I also think that, you know, cause, uh, Jamie says to him, uh, you could be whoremongering now again, you know, cause they talked about the last time that they were there mm -hmm. and he says, no, I can't. And whatever it was that kept him doing that, I think he learned from Shay being with Shay that I can't do both things. I can't serve two masters. Yeah. That he needs <laughs> to sacrifice that side of himself mm -hmm. if he wants to do what is essentially his calling. Yeah. Yeah. So, so there's a little bit of a tangent for what was happening in this yeah. <laughs> episode, but uh <laughs> Well, no, I guess it ties into that conversation with Jamie. Yeah. Um, yeah. Bring it back. But uh, speak of uh, people who make, who have made some of the worst decisions, um, Theon returns. Yeah. Oh my God. That was wonderful. <laughs> um, and I, yeah, I thought this scene was really great. This was definitely the mm -hmm. first, first, uh, had something in my, this episode. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. When he so came to fight for Winterfell. Lady Sansa. Does, does anyone did anyone remember that Coldplay Game of Thrones musical video that they put out where they were getting all the cast members to do the do, the, do a musical about Game of Thrones? And there's um, oh, yeah. the oh, guy yeah, that yeah. plays Ramsey is there practicing with everyone, and Alfie Allen comes in and they look at each other and there's like this 
paws on both their faces and then they go into a big hug. Aww. That was totally Sansa and Theon in this yeah. episode. Because I, yeah. of the history there. Yeah, yeah, it could have gone either way. I really didn't know how much I wanted yeah. to see Sansa really and sincerely forgive Theon and yeah. accept him back. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. I totally agree. That was just a little delightful moment that I didn't even, I didn't even have any sign that it was yeah. going to be that powerful. It was just delightful. Right. Because, because the thing is, it's like what we know is he did horrible things. We know all that. So she had plenty of reason to be furious with him. Yeah. Like one of the, one of the most sort of, um, cruelest lines in the whole show, frankly, is when uh, he, he, you know, he's still reeking. They're both, you know, at Ramsey's prisoners and he explains all of these horrible things that have been done to him as punishment. And she says, good. Yeah. Um, and so we know why there would have been anger and that on all that. And then yes, he helps her escape. But he's also escaping himself, yep. right? It is he's risking himself to help her, but also to help himself. And she can, you know, accept his help. But what he's done now is have the opportunity and actually take it to go home and realize, actually, this isn't my home. I belong back at Winterfell and to come back to show. And so, and that's, I think that's, that's that final piece of yeah. not just this idea of, well, I care about you, so I'm going to help you, but that I really feel like this is my place. This is where I belong. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's a powerful fate to stand up and choose when he can yeah. go and be safe on the, relatively safe on the island. Yeah, exactly. What about Danny's face, though? She's looking at Sansa like, WTF? Do you remember what he did to your family? You know, I think Danny is just absolutely yeah. perplexed by all of the intricacies of these relationships. Well, I think Danny's position is also weird, too, because what she knows of Theon, other than what she may have heard, is that, wait, weren't you the one that came to me with Yara, like, advocating for her, and that, like, the two of you were going to be my people? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. And aren't you now showing up to say, yes, turns out my sister's alive, but she's not going to help. She's going back to the Iron Islands and I'm coming here, but I'm also not helping you. I'm helping them. Yeah. <laughs> so I can understand Danny kind of going, what? That's, that's fair. That's that, that seeing it through that lens. That's fair. Yeah. Yep. So, I just now, love seeing I, it though. I, she just repeatedly yeah. made that stink eye owl episode. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I can like, I'm glad she didn't like make a thing of it, but I could yeah. totally understand her perspective there of kind of just, again, feeling like, again, yeah, everybody's being more loyal to them than to me. Yep. Just to get her set up for John's revelation later. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And then off. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I have, start, well, you know, we'll get into speculations, I suppose, later, but I, I've started in this episode imagining uh, an eventual fate for all of this that I had never considered before. 
Mm-hmm. But we'll we'll talk more about that mm-hmm. later, I suppose. <laughs> well, the last little bit we have is uh, Davo, uh, Davos and uh, Gilly uh, taking mm-hmm. care of people, <laughs> uh, feeding people, so nice. helping people. So cute. <laughs> um, was one of the reasons they're some of our favorites. You know, they can uh, give counsel to people, but uh, mm-hmm. and underneath they're they're caring people. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, and the little My girl. First- Mm. My first tears of the episode were the little girl and, and Davos obviously remembering Shireen, seeing the I little mean. girl, you know, the scarred face, and just wanting to stay strong and positive for her, yeah. even as his heart's breaking. And he is so afraid, like, he's been kind of coming to peace with the idea that he might die, but looking at this little girl and realizing yeah. she's in danger too, and yet look how brave she's being. Yeah. And how wonderfully he handles that. And like, we can remember that like in the context of the show, we can probably assume like Davos doesn't have any other family left, even though that's in the books, it was different, but yeah. One son. Yeah. And so, you know, he's, he's got kind of such a good like dad, but no kids left. Right. And so, but for him to do that thing of like not dismissing her and not telling her, that's crazy. You can't fight these things. You're a little girl. Instead saying, if you're a fighter, that's great. You know, and Gilly helps obviously with this. They're yeah. both, they're, uh, you know, <laughs> tag teaming the same discussion, but uh, you know, like if you're a fighter, that's great. We need some of those down in the crypts with us to help. Yeah. That was so beautiful. Yeah. Honestly, the look on that little girl's face just was like, Mm-hmm. Uh, great someone else to yeah. worry about honestly he spoke to they spoke to her better than Gendry spoke to Arya about going to the crypts yeah. <laughs> uh, you know I guess I, and then um, and there was that other guy too right like you're not cute like the little girl but you know Davos yep. kind of saying to that other guy of just saying like the guy's expressing fears like I'm not a soldier I've never done anything like this before yeah. and Davos is kind of saying I seem to have found myself in a number of battles, despite also never having had combat experience until I was in those battles. And yet here I am. So you never know. Yeah. <laughs> yep. You're going to fight for your life or you're going to not fight for your life. Those are your yeah. choices because they're yeah. coming. You're here. Right. But also just kind of re- that idea of like, it's not, it's not uh, doomed. Yeah. It's you not- never know. Yeah. There's hope. You might yeah. get, a sigil you don't know <laughs> uh, right mm-hmm. and now we get the final return we get ed and company Tormund oh, yeah. and Beric, and uh <laughs> it's the big lady sillier <laughs> the big woman yeah. no i just love i love how you know John's going to give Ed a big old hug and Tormund just side tackles him. I mean, mm-hmm. Tormund yeah. is the definition of extra and I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> He's not the wildling that you picture when you first start reading this series, like this big puppy dog that's just going to like sideline you because he missed you so much. Yeah. Well, imagine it- if it was somebody other than Tormund that buddies up with John. Mm-hmm. Would things have gone the same way? Mm. 
Because mm. a lot of people think, well, it's your grit that won him over to the wildlings. But no, I think it's more Tormund. I mean, your grit, yes, they had this special connection, but that's easy to say that's a one-off and it's just that yeah. I care for her, but our politics differ. But Tormund is the one that shows him what a wildling is at heart yeah. and how to live that wilding life, that it it isn't about duty and honor. It's about taking life to use one of his yeah. expressions, I'm sure, taking life by the balls and seeing what happens, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, it reminds me of uh, the, the scene, again, it's like a lot of these scenes from the rewatcher are, are so fresh from rewatching, but when John returns to Castle Black after being with the wildlings and the battle is fought to successfully defend Castle Black against that wildling attack and Tormund is taken prisoner and then once everything's kind of settled again, Stannis is occupying and everything, but Tormund is still the prisoner. And then John kind of goes to him and trying to make this case of like, look, here's the thing. They're going to burn Mance. I can't yep. stop them from doing that. We, you and I both know there's a lot of people that as much as I understand you guys are, uh, you know, you really, you know, pride yourselves on your, your unwillingness to kneel. And I want to help them. I don't want to force them to kneel, but I'm trying to save their lives. Can you and I think of something together to try to make this happen? And that just that really earnest yeah. uh, exchange of emotions in that scene. Um, I, so I, I think it's a bit like what Sansa said to John in the previous episode of, you know, did you bring Daenerys here because you really need her as an ally or because you love her? And I think like what you were saying uh, uh, about, you know, Igret and Tormund is that he loved Igret, but if it was just her, yep. it would be too easy to say that's what it was. He loved her. Yeah. And it wasn't about her being a wildling. It was, uh, you know, is a unique connection between the two of them and that he would be more on the side of, I want to just try to see if I can convince her to leave them and that's it. But Tormund represented, you know, all of the others as well. And, and, and he's also, he's just great. Um, yeah. I, I want to, you know, I saw some Twitter threads, uh, you know, leading up to this episode and, and since that, um, Obviously, you know, shipping wars <laughs> has always been a thing in every fandom, right? But mm -hmm. I saw a couple of Twitter threads where people were sort of advocating Brienne and Jamie, which is fine. You know, we talked about that. Um, and I don't, like, object necessarily. But their arguments for why Tormund was an awful creep who doesn't respect her and all of that sort of thing, um, I was wanting to say you are really hard on him for a couple of lines while you're totally willing to just sweep under the rug all of the shit that Jamie's done. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, and the so fact that Jamie went back to his sister yeah. and was sleeping with his sister again, like, come on. What, yeah. what is she is 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 Brianna consolation prize? Right. Yeah. So I'm not going to say it's a terrible, awful thing to contemplate that Brienne could ever be with someone like Jamie. I'm not saying that. 
Although personally, I think he's got too much baggage. And as we talked about um, that, she would be happier with Tormund, I think if she could let herself be. Um, But it's just if people want to try to say, oh, because of that one line where he was fantasizing about having giant babies with her, that means he only sees her as a vehicle to have babies with. And I'm like, oh, no. what? No, I don't know. It's that he loved it. He's so <laughs> enthralled with her that he's yeah. fantasizing about having children yeah. in addition to just being with her. And, you know, like in this episode, I think, you know, we're, I'm jumping ahead, but just like mm-hmm. he was so sincere in his enthusiasm and not jealous about the obvious connection that Brienne mm-hmm. and Jamie have. Yeah, uh, I, he's just very endearing in this episode. I, think, I, I, I agree. Yeah. He was extra, but I think that when you take into account that he was raised in a completely different environment, like mm-hmm. in his mind, yes, love is awesome, but the, but to have somebody that you know would like contribute genetically to the survivability of your family, like she's a the big woman, he would have big kids. They'd be strong. They'd be able to take care of themselves and defend him when he's old. It's like a different mindset than you have in, in well, actual kingdoms. And I also think that Tormund is extra, even for wildlings. Um, yeah. And this is why I love him. Uh, but also let's remember that in wildling culture, a man is supposed to take a woman. And if a woman doesn't want it, she's supposed to kill him. Mm-hmm. So to Tormund, his sights are set on somebody that could kill him. And that <laughs> to him is a turn on. And right. I am here for that. I yeah. think that that is, that is so pure. I, I, right. well, I but it. like, I, I, I heard like some of these threads that I was really reacting to were trying to make it sound like we shouldn't try to make an entire culture like the wildling culture somehow define them by being aggressive, rapey, people agree um, and i agree with that yeah but i also think think that it's true that even if we wanted to try to say that's the perspective he's coming from note that he hasn't done any of that no mm-hmm. literally he all he has done that. is looked at her with appreciation and uh talked about her now i don't want to go so far as to say that in real life the world that we live in that uh, she does. He was clearly making her uncomfortable mm-hmm. beyond the point where it was clear, probably to him, that she was uncomfortable. And so we can we can admit that, like, okay, you know, some of that's a little bit, you know, inappropriate. Um, yeah. And I think partly it's <laughs> yeah, and it's also uh, I think important to recognize that Brienne is reacting differently to this attention than perhaps the average woman would. Yeah, yeah. but. And- but just when you want to blame Tormund for all of that, and yet Jamie <laughs> is this pinnacle, <laughs> and it's like, well, okay, yeah. hang on. <laughs> yeah. That's that to me is people just trying to have their argument. And honestly, I am here for Jamie Brienne shipping, and I am here for uh, Tormund and Brienne shipping, and I'm here for a triangle. I am here for everything. I think that Jamie and Brienne have a different connection. It yeah. is not. Uh, exactly sexual. It is not yeah. uh, exactly romantic. Uh, in the books, I feel it is more that. I mean, there is more of that, but it is at their heart and soul. It's Jamie, as I said before, Jamie sees Brienne as like a mentor of how to be moral. 
and and how to live um and i think that uh whereas with torment it's this is an amazing creature and i am all here for this and yes she gets uncomfortable but i think she's more baffled than anything else like right. she doesn't <laughs> understand him she's yeah. never said stop but she right. makes these faces and you know what those faces are it's what is this man doing because right. she tells us earlier in one of the seasons about how people would feign attraction to her as part mm -hmm. of a joke and this is not him doing that yeah like she yeah. can tell this is not somebody trying to trick her he's not trying to woo her the way that anyone in westeros would ever woo a woman so yeah. she's just like what Right. He's talking about being nursed by a giant. Yeah. Like, and this scene was the perfect epitome of the peacocking that I've been waiting for. Yeah. <laughs> this was beautiful. Mm -hmm. He should have been lifting weights or something too, but I mean, just. Yeah. Now in the books, that story, he beautiful. tells John. <laughs> and it's a little different, but mm. I love, I, I love the way he He's like, I'm going to flex. And, and finishing it off with his big drink of his horn. Yeah. Oh that kind of looks like it could be milk. <laughs> right. Oh, my God. Oh, boy. It drove Davis to have his first drink. He wasn't going to have any. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. He's fantastic. Yeah. He's, uh, I, you know, I think uh, what's fascinating about that story is that it's it he features a sort of endearing lack of uh social like the uh, the the way he doesn't read the room i guess is what yeah. i'm saying um he knows what he thinks is awesome and impressive and he's telling his best story yeah and he is totally not following that everyone else is borderline <laughs> horrified yeah um and doesn't care, frankly, because nope. he knows that story is awesome and he's going to yeah. tell it and they'll either agree or not and whatever. Yeah. And, uh, and, and yet he's, uh, and see, I think that's actually ties into, again, I'm not criticizing the idea of Brienne and Jamie. So I, I'm not saying that, but I think what one of the biggest differences between the, the, the two is that, Jamie is someone who comes at her the way most people do, which is when I first saw you, I thought you were some kind of freak. You were a weirdo. Look at that crazy, gigantic woman in a suit of armor. What madness is this? But then I got to know you and I saw how great a fighter you were and I learned how noble you are. And now I love you. Yep. Whereas Tormund was one of those just like in on first sight, he was just like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> that is what I want. I like that. I like all of that. That's amazing. <laughs> and that's a very different vibe, yeah. right? Like it's one thing for Jamie to be the one who's saying, I have come to know you intimately. And that intimacy has given me strong feelings for you. And that's a real thing. Mm-hmm. But also the idea of someone who just sees her and accepts her exactly as she is without needing to have all of that intimacy, that knowledge first, you know, that's, it's different. 
I agree. And uh, April O'Neill in the chat says people are going after him. Uh, the people who are going after him are trying to sound woke, but in fact, they are far from it. Yeah, I, I think there's something fair to be said that especially in, you know, like the Me Too era and everything, having a greater social consciousness of what constitutes creepy behavior and inappropriate behavior uh, from, you know, male attention on unwanted, you know, male attention like that. It's it's reasonable to be extra aware of these things, yeah. especially. Um, but I think it's also a different thing to say, we're going to completely eliminate Tormund from possibility because he's a little bit creepy, but totally make it okay for Jamie, yep. who's done a lot of stuff. Yep. And like, it, it's just a relativism thing of like- Why can we know, make excuses for one, but not the other? Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. Also, the it's Game of Thrones, Twincest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the uh when we had the meeting with uh, ed and everybody and Tormund, and so mm -hmm. one of the biggest pieces of news is yeah the dead they're right behind us they're mm -hmm. on our heels we got we might last through the night <laughs> oh yes. and nutty yeah by the way if the, your co-host didn't tell you that that was lord umber that was totally lord umber <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> fyi <laughs> yeah Mm -hmm. um, and so we get the war room and the grand single strategy with mm. no tangents or backup plans. Okay. What's everyone's thoughts about this? The Night King is coming for Bran. He's got Bran's mark. Theon's going to be in the where the, the, the God's wood with him. Uh, thoughts. Well, I, I, I don't think it's wrong. just Theon. It's like Theon and his Iron men, yeah. which is an undisclosed number of Ironborn that's not clear how many people that is. But he, like a unit, a unit, so to speak, not like just him personally. But I will yeah. agree that it did seem, it, it felt more like a plot-driven um, plan rather than um, something organic. Yeah. It felt like the writers wanted Theon to be there for some reason, mm. as opposed to, yes, that makes sense. You know, yeah. it's like, I, I agree that f that seemed like a strange choice to me. Yeah. But I, I like And it was a nice little, I took Winterfell from you, let me defend yeah. you. I, I like that. I'm not yeah. opposed to it, but it does, it did feel a little bit contrived in a way that I'm not really against, but just yeah. it did seem that way. I think Bran's going to die. Mm. Bran or Theon? No, I think Bran's going to die. Although, now that uh, Christiana said maybe the writers want him there for some reason, gives me a crazy crackpot theory that, oh yeah, Bran's totally going to die, but then he passes on the three-eyedness to Theon and Theon doesn't get killed because nobody oh, cares about Theon. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I told you, crackpot. I love me yeah. some crackpot theories. Wow, that, that is kind of a fun idea. Um, I, I don't. I feel like I don't. I, I feel like they've set it up like that's you know like you know to end game, right? Like that's the that's what the Night King wants, and they've set it up like if he gets to kill Bran, that is him winning. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and I and can, vice versa. so I, right. So I feel like the show has kind of a tipping point for Bran, which is to say, I feel like if they have Bran die, 
that is everybody loses. That's that is, which is not to rule out that that could actually be the ending of the show. Although I would be shocked if that's really what they do. One of the supporting things that I have is that brand says, what makes you think that there's an end? Yeah. Or, or that there's an after. afterwards. Yeah. And that maybe brand hasn't seen past his own death. Well, I, I wondered if the reason he said that is because he, knows that Jamie's going to die. That's another yeah. thought I had. Yeah. yeah. Um so but in any event uh I I think I the the scene that I was really reminded of when we were having this whole explanation of oh the night king wants to kill the three-eyed raven because it's like humanity's memory and that's like how he wins that's what he wants uh, is to essentially, you know, reduce mankind to being just animals and not like a civilization with art and history and memory. And I, I, I did kind of like that, even if it was a little bit on the nose. But what it really reminded me of is in the last season of Lost, there was a sequence where we had this little metaphorical analysis of, um, oh, well, the island actually contains this great evil and it's kind of like see that how this bottle has a bunch of wine in it and if i take this cork and you, now the evil can't get out and i and i remember watching that scene in lost and going oh well that's all the explanation we're ever going to get because they've they've just decided that's the answer that's yeah. what the island does it's a cork for the evil bottle and uh that's it and so watching this scene felt like like, oh, yeah, they're not going to ever give us any more about what the what the White Walkers want or what they are or any of that. They have answered that question in my mind. Yeah. Not mm. like yeah. I'm, I'm not saying I'm not saying that's all I would ever want to know. I'm saying the show has decided that's what they're going to tell us. Right. Yeah. 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 I can see that. And yeah, I could be surprised, but <clears throat> no, and I can I can see the full. Uh, I envision now a standoff of <clears throat> the Night King and Bran and like the whole world pauses, you know, and they have their detente and have something like that. Um, I could totally see like this being the end of the threat of the supernatural threat and the rest of the season being the fallout to the seven kingdoms. Mm -hmm. And now we have the battles with Cersei and those are going to be the big, big, I mean, everybody's speculating. This is going to be the biggest battle ever yeah. in mm -hmm. television history, certainly, you know, but in game of Thrones history, since they already set the record. Um, yeah. And I could see that, but, but it's happening halfway through the last season. Yeah. So there's right. going to be more episodes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I could totally right. see it. Yeah. Not I can see that too, and having yeah. some bigger battles still to come. Right, be interesting. I feel like the two likely outcomes yeah. I think are the Night King is defeated, but the the armies of good guys have been so depleted by that that they are now extremely vulnerable to the army that Cersei has coming up from the south, and so the the risk, the thing that we're worried about is that after all of that, Cersei's going to win. Mm -hmm. yep. um, I think that's one outcome. The other would be that the forces here at Winterfell are routed and the the White Walkers continue south. We could see it go either way, yeah. I think. Um, but the, 
the one thing that as they were talking about the strategy that I was really kind of fascinated that they did not address at all was Danny's dragons or the mm -hmm. fact that the Night King has one. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because Bran well, has other mentioned than the Night King has the one, but they didn't discuss that in the strategy sequence at all, did they? They mentioned that the dragons should make short work of something or whatever. Yeah. Um, well, and then yeah, later yeah, on, yeah. if that, and John saying, I oh, want to yeah, have yeah. them close no, I guess you're to right. the Night I guess King. You're right. Okay. And so could he kill the Night King? And Bran said, I don't know. Right. Nobody's ever okay. tried. I guess what I mean is, uh, they did mention Danny's dragons, but no mention at all right. of the Night King has one too, and right. it just could potentially just fry all of our living soldiers just all in a line. Yeah, right. And so one thing that I've got floating in my head that's been driving me crazy: we're going to put all our women and children and the people that can't fight yeah. into the crypts. Yeah, the Night King controls the dead. Yeah, mm -hmm. they do not have to be freshly dead. The Crips. Yeah. Ah, but wait. Wait, we say. Ned Stark's bones were returned. They made a big deal about yeah. returning Ned Stark's bones. And what happens to Starks that are buried in the crypt? They're buried with iron swords. And those of us that play D&D know that iron is really good on the undead. And, but, <laughs> but wait, wait, wait. But the Night King can raise and then control the undead except there was one undead person he couldn't <gasps> control christiana just went where i've been yes although i i love that idea but didn't benjen explicitly say that the children of the forest stopped him from being completely turned oh yes. i'm not sure it mm. could be he but did say that he did say that that's what happened but I still, it's 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 still in my head, and uh, yeah, in the books, there's another person that's a Stark, but not by blood. But and then my other yeah. idea was that the Stark blood made it so that they could do that because right. the Starks were originally the first men. They were founded. Their house was founded by first men, and we've seen that Targaryens don't get burned. Real Targaryens, blood yeah. of the dragon, don't get burned. So what if? Yeah. I have so, lots of crackpot theories, and I think every time mm. they said you'll be safe in the crypt, I'm like, yeah. no, you won't. I, I think a lot of people I are worried they about all that. Felt that way, yeah. I don't yeah. know anybody that's not worried about them being in the crypts. Mm -hmm. Well, and this was uh, it was this discussion in the war room that was I had noticed that was the third reference when Danny wants Tyrion down in the crypts, but it's to show that I think you know she was swayed and she. She trusts, right. she, you know, she wants him protected for his mind and he's, he's more uh -huh. important. Um, but, and then they continue to do it another three times, you know, the Crips, the Crips, the safest, the Crips, they're the safest. Yeah. So something's definitely happening down in the Crips. Yeah, I, I think that's uh, for sure. <laughs> I hadn't heard any of the ideas though, that maybe that something would, uh, be awry with just the straightforward idea that the Night King raises the bodies in the crypts. Yeah. Like I, that, that it would be more complicated than that somehow had not occurred to me. I think mm. that's kind of cool to think about. And I'm still holding out hope in my head at some point that Bran Borg's a dragon. And if it would be an <gasps> ice dragon. That would be very cool. Hey, why that not? Why, cool. why couldn't it be an ice dragon? Yeah. yeah why couldn't it? <laughs> Um, yep. Though they haven't touched on his warging stuff 
Yeah, and it, forever. So I don't. I yeah, don't know what's going to happen. We haven't seen much of him either. I, so. Well, he see, the last time we it. saw him do it, he he worked into a couple of birds on his way back from, you know, uh, the where he became the three eyed raven. Yeah. Um, but that was only when he was traveling. Now that he is able to go and just sit by the um, uh, weirwood tree, I was I was forgetting the name of it. Um, yeah, he seems like like that's better. Like, is if he can just be connected to that, then he doesn't even really need to be in an animal because he mm. can just see whatever he wants. Right. Although, in theory, the original one of the original proposals of that was that that power allows him to see wherever the weirwood trees are, but he certainly has seems to be able to see lots of things that have no connection to the trees at all. Yeah. It's fine. I don't care. Um, it mm. just, you know, it's un the rules are unclear as all. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so I don't know. I think that's a cool idea too. Um, I, yeah, I think that uh, I, I don't know. Gosh. <laughs> my brain is spinning now but all of this is just speculation let's not yeah, yeah you know yeah. since oh, since we're you know we, we don't want to run out of time before the yeah. next episode happens <laughs> yeah um, we've got stuff to talk about have any other <laughs> war room thoughts um the last kind of scene in this series for me was a uh, gray worm and missende yeah uh talking after the war and you know, it's dangerous when people start making plans man yeah, yeah. but it is a beautiful idea you know she has peaceful <laughs> yeah, people he wants to see where she's from yeah. see the beaches he'll he'll defend them it's beautiful but it yeah. gave me pause when i yeah. get home i'm gonna do this <laughs> yeah but to see them have hope. He was an unsullied. She yeah. was a slave. I mean, they have never probably in their lives mm -hmm. hoped for anything for themselves before because what was the fucking point? Yeah. And no, I think I, they're the only ones that really had hope. Yeah. Everybody else was like, this is our last night. Well, look yeah. at what their lives were before. Of course, they still held out help. All they know, that's like, you know, it's just, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Yeah. I would, I, I, I would so love to have both of them survive and get to have that happy ending, but it does yeah. seem unlikely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, I think it's, you know, we, we touched on this when they arrived in episode one, but it's, it is slightly weird for game of Thrones to, I don't want to use the, I was, I'm going to avoid the use of a tropey phrase, but for the, uh, the show to make it clear that a part of why they uh, feel uncomfortable there and why they perceive the North to not trust them and not that they're wrong to feel this way, but the color of their skin, they look foreign, that whole sort of thing. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, as we discussed when we talked about episode one, it does feel a little weird for Game of Thrones to go there because they've all they've kind of been criticized for a while now of not having a very diverse <laughs> cast of characters and in, in and in fact becoming less diverse as the show goes on so yeah. Yeah. um <laughs> i think they're just pointing out it's just the world you know yeah it's mm. just the world it's yeah earthios but at the same time i think it's it is interesting to consider just the idea that they're feeling like I don't feel like I could have a home here. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. 
go up yeah. to the, the the ramparts we have the first ghost sighting of that we mentioned you know mm. kind of off in the background a little bit mm-hmm. <laughs> sam yeah. reminds us that danny doesn't know john's secret yet are you gonna get to that you know like mm. and I, oh. uh, part of me is just like does it really matter right now it doesn't matter yeah. until the yeah. battle's over <laughs> I but think one John- could argue that if if you wait till the battle's over, it's like, oh, now, now that the battle's yeah. over, you've been planning this. Yeah. 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 I think there is the, like, I think that part of that is like the dilemma is where John has maybe ha- hesitated up to this point of just feeling like it's just a distraction right now from what mm-hmm. we really need to be focusing on. And I don't think the political consideration of like, well, okay, after the fact, I don't think that's really his worry. Yeah. But I think that there is a fear of what, what would it mean? And this idea of, well, what if she reacts badly to that news? We don't want her to like leave or something right before the battle. Yeah. Who knows what, how she might react to it. Yeah. And so I think he is reluctant and maybe not planning to tell her, almost right up until she shows does, up in the crypts yeah. and there's in it kind of like really like, how can he not tell her when she's standing there in the crypts and they're having a conversation about his mother? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Who's she? A funny story. Like, like if he didn't tell her then and told her at any point in the future, she would probably be thinking back and like, you mean you and I stood there in front of the statue of your mom? And talked about her, and you you didn't feel like this was worthy of bringing up. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. Anyway, um, I liked uh, liked them remembering Pip and Gren. Yeah. Yeah. And the fourth reference to the crypts are safe. Um, mm-hmm. uh, um, <laughs> you count them. I think we can jump um, jump straight to the crypt with John telling Danny. But yeah, you asked a question. Uh, well, no, I guess I'm just, I, I don't remember what order things happened in is all, I guess. Yeah. Uh, yeah I you, but if you've got it, then I, it's I'm technically happy. the last thing at the show, but yeah. yeah, I think, I think, um, uh, if we could talk about, uh, Danny and Sansa's conversation yeah. before we talk about Danny and, um, John's. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, agree. I think that that informed Danny's conversation with John. We right? already at least your side passed that the though. revelation. Yeah, we already well, passed. Well, but we didn't. We didn't discuss it though. Yeah, or did we? <laughs> I, I yeah, we didn't. We, didn't. we yeah. we kept saying we would talk about it and that it was really great. Right. Um, we'll one of the things that it. I wanted to say about that, and mm-hmm. maybe we're just revisiting it, uh, but maybe uh, one of the things I wanted to say is that uh, it was kind of made clear that after Jorah said, "Yeah, make Tyrion keep Tyrion as your hand." He said, I have another request. And then she goes to visit Danny. And one of the things that we've been seeing is that they've been pitting Sansa against Danny. Mm-hmm. And it's such a trope. And instead of dragging it out, they said, okay, Danny, go confront her and talk. And then mm-hmm. they really do clear the air, which is fantastic because I love what Sansa says. Men do stupid things for women. I I kind of had a different read on that scene. Yeah. Cause I feel like it's, it, it's playing as that scene right up until Sansa kind of says, well, Hey, wait a minute. You're trying to work me here. You're trying to finesse me here. 
Yeah. Well, and uh, that's the other thing. It works really great. And then she goes, but what about the North? Yeah. Like, yeah. And ultimately that's actually what the conversation was always about. The rest of it was all flattery. Yeah. Okay. She's using what she used against men and it's not yeah. working on Sansa. Which doesn't mean that it wasn't sincere on Danny's part. Mm -hmm. It's just that that's who San that's who Danny is, yeah. is that she is she has defined her her self-identity is so wrapped up in this role she's playing. There's no division between the two. Yeah. Sansa is both, you know, the lady, you know, of the yeah. North and Santa Stark, a woman who has brothers and sisters and so on. Mm -hmm. um, Danny is just Danny. Stormborn, breaker of chains, all that stuff. That is who she is and no one else. She does not have multiple yeah. roles. That is who she is. And so the idea that part what she wants is to get on Sansa's good side. And so she's trying to do that. And she does not see it as well, I'm trying to manipulate her. It is, I'm trying to connect with her. But it is in the interest of, we are allies here and it seems like there's tension. So let's try to smooth that over without actually conceding any ground. Yeah. 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 Which I, I, and I don't want to be too hard on Danny here, but I think Danny is rec recognizing, um, you know, more than like, she's starting to see like, I, I feel like all this leading up to the conversation with John, I think Danny's starting to see that what she always thought she had and like what people always like, they meet her and yes. say, Oh yes, instantly <clears throat> I can tell you would be a great queen. All of these great, you know, queenly things about you and how you inspire loyalty and love in people. And she's seeing the Starks do that better than her, at least here in the North. Right. And recognizing it's not going to be a trivial thing to penetrate that. Well, and she's also always been told they want you back. They want mm -hmm. a Targaryen back. And she's seeing, no, they don't. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think that she makes some inroads towards Sansa and uh, at least gets through some of those superficial layers of them bickering with each other, yeah. but only to get to the bedrock of it to realize they are fundamentally on opposite sides about what they think should happen with the North. Yep. And there's not a lot of middle ground to be found there. No. Um, also, it has totally become a meme, that uh, picture of Danny kind of doing that <laughs> yeah. smile, you know, that, uh, yeah, um, which is kind of great. <laughs> but, but I think where that leads right into uh, this conversation with John is that I think she is starting to feel uncertainty about whether she's the right person to do all of this for mm. perhaps the first time in her life since realizing, you know, taking over from Viserys. Right. Yeah. Um, Which was I think what he thought was his destiny. She has been utterly unswayable about her rightful place on the Iron Throne since then, but she's starting to feel it slip a little bit, I think. And 
you can see that even though John takes a while to get the whole story out, you can see the fear on her face as she figures it out almost immediately. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, he yeah. starts telling the story and you can see her eyes. She's just going like, no, this is this just is stop talking. this is a disaster. This is the worst possible thing you could have ever told me. Yeah. And just recognizing that whole thing of like how much of her identity has been fundamentally based on thinking her of herself as the rightful ruler. Nobody else, it's just her. Everyone else is an usurper or a traitor because she is the one that actually has the the right a claim to rule the rightful claim and he has just explained that his beats hers yeah and although mm -hmm. she kind of switches into political mode because that she's good at it and it's a coping mechanism that she's always used of saying okay wait so who told you this oh your brother and your best friend are the sources for this story and i don't think it's she disbelieves it i think she is already in her head right Sending up like how do we spin it? balloons of like, yeah, okay, well, what do we like? She yep. she doesn't want to believe it. She's trying to kind of try to say, okay, well, what are the angles here? I'm trying to get my head around this whole thing, but I think that, yeah, like just you can see her facial expression change very early on in John explaining the whole thing. Yeah. And I think so, it's just because she realizes exactly what the conclusion of that story is way right. before he gets there. Yeah. So what are we talking about next? The Danny and are we? <laughs> well, um, as we're clicking down to the. Yeah. We also oh, literally yeah. haven't talked about the scene that gives the episode its title yet. I know. Right, right. So I haven't touched on it a little bit, but. <laughs> move on so, yeah. So we'll jump kind of. The rest of the episode is really just kind of people settling in. Like, mm -hmm. you know, this is. It is go time, you know, like we're here. This is the dark night, the last end of the dark night. Um, so kind of outside, we've got the Hound uh, and Arya have their little talk that Beric comes into afterwards where mm -hmm. uh, a little more realization from him that, you know, she truly has changed. Mm -hmm. um, she's uh, definitely hardened. Um, yeah. Like you said, I don't know that he, you know, clearly doesn't know about the the fighting and all that, but you know, she's clearly toughened oh, yeah. up. Yeah, how, how could he? I mean, he trained yeah. her a little bit, but yeah. like as far as he's concerned, she's pretty good for a little girl. Right. Yeah. He doesn't know that she's, you know, an assassin. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I do like that he mentioned he's like, is, is that when when Barrack shows up and he's like, is he on your list? And she's like, he was. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Beric just has this look. He's like, "Oh crap! What does that mean?" I've been hearing stories in this camp, and uh, yeah, things didn't go good for Peter Baelish. Um, well, I think <laughs> you know, I think uh, his whole sort of blase fair, um, uh, blase fair is actually not a real phrase, but I like it anyway. <laughs> um, uh, but his whole attitude of like, whatever it'll be when the Lord of Light wills, I think was a lot easier when he had Thoros there to bring him back up every time he went down. Yeah. And he doesn't anymore. So, uh, well, it's a little he's, more real now. He's been tired for a while, though. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. People have had to have said blase fair before, right? That has to be a thing. <laughs> it seems like a thing. It's a <laughs> thing now. All right. Anyway, yeah, 
Um, and I love the. I'm not spending my last night with you two shits. Yeah, yeah. You miss oh, well, especially now in hindsight, what we know was where she actually goes after yeah. that too. Yeah. She has a destination yeah. in mind, and mm-hmm. get it, girl. Yeah. Well, let's just talk about that scene. Next, yeah. Anyway, because that's right mm-hmm. where she goes. <laughs> I was really her bow. She's yeah. alone and shooting her bow, and Gendry's watching her mm-hmm. and uh, delivering. Yeah, he what brings was the promised. weapon. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Which we see is not a bazooka. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's pretty. It's pretty cool. Um, so I was surprised when I saw that apparently a lot of viewers were upset by this scene because I guess they still want to. They still want, just like all of the other people in her life, they still want to see Arya as the innocent little girl. Hmm. And I just, I really didn't react that way at all. I was really kind of like, well, it's tr- it's fair to question a little bit. It's like, okay, well, theoretically, how old is Arya actually supposed to be at this point? Yeah. And I believe, like, canonically in the show, she's supposed to be, like, 17, 18 at this point. And the actress is 22. Yeah. So I, I, I think it's fair to question that a little bit, at least. But just in terms of an actual character perspective, I thought, like, this is like the healthiest thing that Arya yeah. has done in yep. a long time. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I agree. I agree 100%. I think I think a lot of people's reactions are more along the line of they kept seeing her. We watched her grow up. Uh-huh. And it's uncomfortable to think of people that you watch grow up become sexual. Especially little girls. Yeah. yeah. Parents deal with this all the time i'm sure yeah mm-hmm. speaking to two parents um then yeah. suddenly you're like you know you you panic when your kid starts driving now mm-hmm. imagine that your kid has started having sex and i think that that is a really big um like disconnect for people and it kind of changes the way the way that they want things for the character but the character this is really great for yeah. I also mm-hmm. did see that the the spike in Google searches for how old is Maisie Williams? Yeah, yeah. How old is Arya? Well, yeah. it's because even though we don't we don't see a whole lot, we see some, and it's certainly uh, no. uh, you know, And given that I'm sure a lot of people would not have guessed that she was 22 if they hadn't yeah. previously known well, it, and right. yeah. she's been binding in, as the character has been binding. You know, mm-hmm. I was surprised that we didn't see a wrap around her chest, but at one point. In the series, I do recall her wrapping her chest mm-hmm. so that she would look like a boy. Was that when she was in Bravos? I think so. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, she was doing it ever since y- uh, Yorin took her from right. Episode yeah. yeah. And then when she wanted to be a girl, she wouldn't. And when she wanted to be well, a boy, yeah. and you know, yeah. Well, that's kind of like see her figure in that that outfit yeah. that she wears. Right. Like that's that's the dynamic that I was talking about earlier. In the sense that there was a while there where like being a little girl was like the act that she was yeah. putting on deliberately. Yeah. It was Whereas hard. now it's like all people can see her as even when that's not what she wants. Yeah. And so like good on Gendry for not overreacting, but we can see how surprised and even really alarmed he, he is when he yeah. sees her scars. Like yeah. he had yeah. no, idea. like she had impressed him with the, the skill, but even still like seeing those scars of just like, Oh, Oh, <laughs> well, and, and we didn't see the ones on her stomach from when yeah. the wave stabbed her. So he right. we didn't see the worst of her scars. Right. He did. 
Right. But I will and, say as someone that had a strong reaction, because I did have a mm-hmm. strong reaction, <laughs> right, Juj? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I said something along the lines of get off of him, <laughs> you know, kind of thing. Like and it's not because so like I embrace that she chose mm-hmm. that moment. It happened. It was forced on Sansa. It, ha- yeah. it was forced on a lot of women that she knows. And she claimed that moment. And I think mm-hmm. it's beautiful. But we like I think I told Chooch was like I thought we were going to see some hand holding and eating some of the dire bread or something first. It was just like mm. oh here's your weapon, bang! It was yeah. they gave us no transition, which was great. But I needed a minute because that happened. Mm. We went from her binding and looking younger to all of a sudden being a developed woman and and jumping on Gendry, and it was just yeah. like very startling. And that's what they were going for, I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. and um, we saw the side boob. We saw that she had developed into a woman. They wanted us to know for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, so like, I, I hope I didn't come across as like judgmental of people. No, 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 no. Okay, no. Uh-uh. Um, I just, I, I just, okay, good. <laughs> I, I love how she just starts with. So, how many women have you been with? No, no, no. no. Tell me for real. How many? You yeah. uh, you haven't counted, then you haven't been with anyone. Okay, fine. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and she really pulls it from him, and she's like, and you can hear her go, "Yeah, I was right. You'll do all right." Because like, you could see in her head, she's like, "I'm not having sex with a virgin for my first time. Like, this yeah. is not what I'm gonna do," um, because I don't have yeah. uh, uh, more opportunities, or I may not have more opportunities. Yeah, and then she's just like. I'm not the red woman. You take off your own clothes, you know? And, and she just really is. I, I don't know. I am. I love it. I love that. She made the first move. I love that. Mm -hmm. She, you know, told him what she wanted and he was obviously like, yeah, okay, let's do this. Um, Mm -hmm. And, and she also gave him the opportunity to respond. You know, I'm not taking this from you. You're going to be a participant. You're going to take your pants off. Yeah. Whereas the red woman, you could argue that she did not actually give him a choice. Yeah. Well, she she absolutely lured him in there under false pretenses and tricked him into allowing her to bind his hands, all with the knowledge that she didn't really actually intend to sleep with him at all. It was all about the leeches. So, yeah, yeah, that was a totally very different scenario. (laughs) Yeah. That was creepy as all get out. I don't know how much Arya knows about it, but. You know, I think that's kind of important for Gendry mm-hmm. also to have his own, you know, empowered moment of uh, sexual contact. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I I wonder, I, I think there's some ambiguity in it, but the, the scene of her awake, um, yeah. uh, uh, awake, the, uh, we, we can wonder if maybe, like, is she too hardened to really be as vulnerable and make an emotional connection as like she might hope? Mm. Yeah. I think um, she's more just, I th- I felt that that was more of her knowing that she doesn't have, you know, things are going to happen and she can't I, sleep. Yeah. yeah. Well, so that's why I was saying there's ambiguity. It's not clear. I think it could yeah. be a little of all of those things. I love the memes. Um, she's making a new list. I hadn't heard that's great. Um, uh, uh, April says uh, in the chat, I had an issue that they were both going into battle later that night and she could be sore and both would be tired. They need their strength. I can see that, um, but that it kind of ties into the whole same thing that Brienne says to Tyrion about the wine of like, 
we're going to go into a battle. We, you think we should get yeah. drunk? Um, yeah. But at the same time, it's also a recognition of everybody saying, we want to be at our best, but at the same time, we are human beings who are looking at a pretty dire circumstance right now. Yeah. Let's allow ourselves to be human a little bit because mm -hmm. we are literally going to fight things that are not. Yeah. 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 They don't expect to live. I yeah. And I, I, yeah, to some extent, the idea that you are not going to do anything human only so that you can be the absolute perfect soldier, that's really almost more the mindset of the other side. Now, yeah. I'm not, you know, I'm not totally discounting it either. I think it's a reasonable concern. But at the same time, I think that's part of why many of the characters felt ultimately that they wanted to indulge, even if it was theoretically not optimal. Mm -hmm. Yep. Agreed. Oh, and one more thing about that scene of them all drinking. I think we all know now that it wasn't Pod's lovemaking that gave him free horse <laughs> in King's Landing, that he wooed everybody with his song. Oh, we haven't <laughs> even talked about that, that scene yet, right? No, yeah, I no, know. No, no. We're, I was we're... saving that to the last. You've got <laughs> yeah. one oh, other. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, then got... the last things that we didn't talk about, I will say, uh, uh, <laughs> Sam and. G Jilly and and I'm sorry, Gilly and Little Sam. Uh, did anyone else like that? Was adorably sweet. And then I saw a meme of they're the two, they're the couple old couple from Titanic. I I I thought the same thing when I watched the episode. <laughs> I literally saw them. And I said, "That's so sweet. It looks just like Titanic, though." Oh my god! Wow. <laughs> All right. Was yeah. That yeah. I'm confused. It, was that before he gave Heartsbane to Jorah, though? No, that That's was uh, during the singing. So it was it was after. Yeah. yeah. So the last scene uh, okay. that I want to discuss was yeah. We have Liana and Jorah. So yeah. Mm -hmm. Them connecting in the world. Oh yeah, they're cousins. And, yeah. But and well, she just true. explaining why she's not going to be in the crypts because she trained these men. And yeah. uh, <laughs> that, what, yeah. the, what are you fucking thinking? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he just followed Danny. That's the last we're going to speak on this. <laughs> yeah. Like he's used to following strong women. He should have just been, oh, yeah, right. Sorry. <laughs> I was a little like, surprised that he was trying to tell her what to do. Well, well I, I kind of read it as a little bit of a. Uh, you know, he's like, well, you know, I had to try. And she's kind of like, okay, well, are you done trying? Because we have work to do. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I love her so much. Yeah. Um, I saw a great meme that was just, uh, it, it's it's one of those uh, new, you know, classic meme formats now that was just like, uh, uh, every, you know, everybody. And then with like a blank space, like nobody has even said anything. Oh, yeah. And then Liana Mormont. And then it had a picture of a, of a sheep just going. There's <laughs> <laughs> the like yeah. three different mugs. Mm -hmm. I love it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, that, so that was, that was good. And uh, Sam uh, asks Jorah to wield Heartsbane, mm -hmm. the other Valerian steel and the memory of his father, uh, of Jorah's father, not, <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Not crispy, Charlie. Right. <laughs> um, so that was really that was nice. Neat. I thought that was really sweet. I yeah. I dug it, and I think that tells us that Sam's going to go to the Crips. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Well, he said it was too heavy well, for him to wield, but that's yeah, really true. All he said. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he did kill. You know, when he killed the White Walker before, it was with the Dragon Glass Dagger. 
Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, all he had was a dagger, and he, yeah. he you know, that was. I think good. he'll be in the fight. He also, just he just uh, knows that's not his bag. And when he killed the thin, it was with the crossbow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. True. He's not, but he knows he's not a swordsman. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, I, I was, I was left unclear about whether he plans to go into the crypts or not. Yeah. Um, I think he'll be fighting a uh, brief, just programming note. I think we had previously talked about finishing at nine because that's when the new episode premieres, but mm-hmm. I don't know if we want to really uh, uh, abbreviate the conversation or whether we just keep going. Everybody's got it on DVRs. So yeah, exactly. Just, yeah. I'm fine to just keep watching yeah, 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 no watch stuff live anymore. <laughs> I don't want to leave out like the big main, the biggest highlight yeah. scene of the episode yeah. in my right. mind uh, in order to uh, <laughs> rush off. And just really just a wonderful scene. You know, mm-hmm. I thought uh, just, until it happened, I didn't realize how perfect it was that everybody's just, mm-hmm. they're finding a warm place. Yeah. And where else you gather in front of the hearth and you have some wine and you tell some stories. And yeah. uh, these were the, just best people to do it. Yeah. <laughs> Tyrion, right. Jamie, uh, joined by Pod and Brienne and Davos and Tormund, which is where we yeah. get the, the, the wooing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Because um, we touched on bits obviously yeah, yeah, yeah. earlier, right? Yeah. You know, so and and this scene I think was in a couple of pieces really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Right. We intercut back and forth. But uh some great stuff. You know, we already talked briefly about like the question of, you know, wine or not. Mm-hmm. Um but like, just to touch back to, we talked already about, you know, Brian and Jamie versus Brian and Tormund. I loved how it was really both Jamie and Tormund together yeah. that led to this moment. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, just briefly miss, you know, someone misspoke. Was it Tyrion that accidentally called her Sir Brienne? Yep. And, uh, and then um, corrected himself because technically she's not mm-hmm. a knight. It's not accurate. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, but then torment his like, confusion. Wait like, a minute. What, what do you mean? You're not a knight. He's like, well, women can't be knights. It's tradition. And he's just like, fuck tradition. <laughs> like that's stupid. Yeah. Like you are so obvious, like by any definition of what a knight is supposed to be. It's so you are so obviously mm-hmm. meeting yep. every criteria. Then like, how could it be that, that somehow you being a woman yeah. means that you can't be a knight. That's dumb. And I, I, I think, you know, I love his react, his very sincere befuddlement at that concept that like, what? That's stupid. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, and everybody else kind of just taking a moment to like, yeah, yeah it is yeah, kind of, isn't it? Yeah. Really? And then you her, I, yeah. you know, I never even wanted to be one and then catching well, Pod's yeah, eye. Asked. <laughs> but, but then Jamie just realizing like, you know what? <laughs> If there's one stupid thing that actually being a knight can actually allow me to do <laughs> that I can do for my friend, mm-hmm. this yeah. person who deserves it, I can help her. So this, this I love also yeah. because we don't actually learn this in the books, I don't think. Um, where we really learn this is in the hedge knight. In oh, that, that a knight can knight. make a knight. Yeah, that is that a knight can make a knight. Mm-hmm. And so the entire time, like this is like bonus material and stupid dorky fans are like, yeah, we can totally do this. And um, so I'm curious, uh, Chooch, did you ever think that a knight could make a knight? And did this surprise you? 
You know, I it didn't uh, it didn't occur to me. It just I just rolled with it. It seemed legit. Um, yeah, um, the show is. Oh, know. sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, my my presumption was it's 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 the the kings do it. That mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. But yeah, that but was I, I, amazing. Seemed yeah. logical. I think the show has never been as focused as the books in terms of really like the logistics of either you're a knight or you're not a knight. Like we've had hot pies confusion about, (laughs) oh, well, someone was wearing armor. They must be a knight. Like, but really that's the full extent to whether the show has ever really considered that it matters at all, whether you are a knight or not. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I can see why it would, I mean, it, wouldn't have really come up because the show's not that interested in it until it really matters in a character-based way, which it did here. And I, 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 I really loved that. And I loved so much that it was this really amazing group consensus of everybody in the room. while just saying, well, obviously this should happen. It's long mm-hmm. overdue. It's stupid that it hasn't happened before now, but we can fix it. <laughs> together (laughs) and that was so great and i loved like i mentioned earlier like appreciating that tormund didn't you know he obviously senses sees the connection between brienne and jamie but he's not jealous about it at all like he sees him knight her and sees how happy she is and he's just yeah (laughs) he is it's so enthusiastic and i just thought i just i loved all of that and she was so happy he's like yeah that smile that that smile yeah (laughs) i think there's something really interesting that if written differently it could very easily have turned into a jamie versus tormund boasting session yeah and yet tormund watching jamie knight brienne and giving her the one thing that she's always wanted He's happy for her. He's grateful to Jamie, it seems. And Jamie, watching Tormund flex in front of Brienne and make all these comments, and I can see Jamie going, he gets it. Mm-hmm. Like, in my head, in his head, this is what I'm seeing. And maybe it's partially me, but I see Jamie mm-hmm. saying, he gets it. This mm-hmm. is the first person I've ever seen yeah. react yeah. to Brienne the way she should be reacted to. Yeah. So, like, yeah. I kind of dig that. I love that it's not all toxic. And I think Tormund says like the most flattering pickup line ever. If I were a king, (laughs) I'd knight you 10 times. And then of course it, it sparks Jamie to say, wait a second, I can do that. (laughs) And then everybody's like, yeah, absolutely. Let's do this. And right. What's so wonderful in that moment is that the two of them, Exactly like you're saying, rather than be rivals, yeah, both of them are completely focused. Each of them, their first priority is wanting her to be happy. Yep. Mm. That's great. And you don't see that. You don't yeah. see that. <laughs> That's refreshing. And Brienne <laughs> deserves to be happy. <laughs> yes. Because it's Brienne. And she's yeah. amazing. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. So. Well titled episode, yeah, amazing conclusion, and mm-hmm. and then Pod sings, and then yeah. Pod sings, which apparently um, some people said that particular song uh, summarizes who's going to end up on the Iron Throne somehow. I, you know, I think it is <laughs> interesting. 
that the song they cho chose seems to have vague prophecy sort of language in it. And yet in, I read like two or three different explanations, like here's what that song means. And I read all of them and I'm like, like, okay, all right. <laughs> I think it's interesting. <laughs> Whatever. I, I love the connection to the books and like just hearing like, okay, well, this is the context for what that song originally meant. And I like that they brought it in and it was a lovely moment in the show where they're talking about someone should sing every, nobody wants to sing. Then Pod just goes into it and he's amazing. And uh, it's, it's a lovely moment in the episode. I loved it, but I was not impressed with any of the analysis articles that I read about yeah. what the song supposedly means. <laughs> it's a song. It's yeah. a song that somebody from Flea Bottom knows, you know, I mean, like the uh, same with the bear and the maiden fair and everything else, you know, mm -hmm. it, it's, it's exciting to see in the show. And I'm not yeah. actually, I'm agreeing with C Christiani here. I'm not digging into it. Um, no. But I do yeah. like that pod can sing. And to mm -hmm. me, I'm like, that's what the ladies liked. Because in the books, they make a really big deal about singers, about bards. Mm -hmm. Mance mm -hmm. Raider was a bard. Yeah. And he would woo his way down into the north. And he actually performed at Winterfell a few times for Ned Stark. Mm -hmm. And wow. nobody knew. And in the books, you know, spoiler alert for the books, he gets in to Ramsey's held Winterfell as a bard and yeah. he's there to rescue aria they don't have aria but they yeah. have somebody they claim is aria yeah and that's that's where we start getting into yeah. how how very different that it's particular so different. Yeah. book plot yeah. is the show so then even out like, danny mentions that rhaegar was known for singing right yeah and that was my next one is that everybody loved rhaegar's voice that he could seduce anyone and his singing just made everybody happy and everybody loved him and so bards are really important and respected mm -hmm. and you know, they're, they're so the fact that Pod is essentially a bard and could have been using this to his advantage. Awesome. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, coming next is War, because we still don't have an actual title, but actually, we may yeah. now. <laughs> well, yeah. Technically. I mean we're, we're but, theoretically like eight as we record live we're eight minutes into <laughs> when the actual new episode is premiering oh, I find so, out. Yeah. battle of winterfell that's gotta I, I be come over on and i see the red light on my little cable box i don't even i don't even want to know the title of the next one that's yeah yeah i want to know i want to know your ratings they didn't didn't as episode three okay yeah when, if you look on HBO Go after the episode, like when it posts yeah. there, it has the title. Yeah. Oh, okay. I don't want me to know before I watch it. I don't want to know. And this is the first of the uh, extra long episodes. So this mm -hmm. is going to be like mm -hmm. 80 something minutes, like almost an hour and a half. Good. Cool. So, yeah. yeah. All right. Ratings, though. For huh? me, for me yeah. I'm going to give this a 10 again, 10 out of 10. Um, 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 people lying to themselves about how safe the crypts are. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm going to give it 10 out of 10 times that Tormund would knight Brienne. Oh, oh nice. <laughs> yeah. 
muted. You are muted. But did we lose Perhaps her? Perhaps she had to step I away. I was. Oh, sorry. <laughs> five out of five wonderful moments at the last hearth of Winterfell. Aww. <laughs> and uh, I am also going to give this a 10 out of 10, making it our Woo! first 10 uh, of, of the season. And that is 10 out of 10. Get it, girls. <laughs> um, yeah, no this this was uh, this was a great episode. I, I I really do think like if the entire last season was nothing but awesome character moments like this, and there were no battles, I'd still be happy. So, uh, yeah. yeah, no, I I I think that it was a great episode, and I think it was really well crafted. We definitely went into how everything's kind of dependent on what's come before, yeah. mm -hmm. and that everything leads into the next scene. Mm -hmm. um, I think that they've kind of stepped up their game in this season yeah. so far. Yeah. Well, I, I think it's because last time they're still trying to figure out how fun, how fast to run towards the end. Yeah. But, but now they was, know. Yeah. It was clearly all sort of uh, worked out backwards from the ending they wanted. Right. Yeah. yeah. You know, the, so and there are a couple of seasons out there saying, okay, well, we know this is what we want the ending to be, at least the broad strokes of it. So let, how do we get everyone in the right place for that? Yeah. And so the last, all of last season was basically that. Let's get everybody in position. Mm -hmm. um, well, and that's not that's to say that it was bad, but it was just that it was very clearly that's what was happening. Yeah. So I did want to point out, I was just looking over my notes, and there was one thing that stands out, and that is that when we see when the horn blows and uh, we see the army of the dead, finally, mm -hmm. they don't show the night King. No, they don't. They show the white wall. They show a bunch of the dead. They show a bunch of white walkers, but there is no sign of the night King, which has led to, and I won't <coughs> open that hatch, but there's a whole lot of other speculation going on hmm. about what guess, that could mean, which yeah. we could find out. They didn't show the night King. I no. mean, I, I, I'll believe you guys if you're sure, but that's what I the big ring of generals. I watched that scene three times yeah. just to Okay, well, I believe you then. Um, yeah. Okay. I mean, it is me, so I could still yeah. be wrong. With that. <laughs> I didn't notice well, it. Well, I don't know. That does seem like a notable omission. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I I had assumed that the Night King is going to be like up in the air with a dragon. Exactly. Riding a dragon yeah. in. Swooping yeah. in. It could be other speculations. Yeah, that's. Yeah. There's, well, there's I won't go doable. into them, but there's some interesting ones. But, you know, yeah. we'll, it's just like. Yeah. Why not show him? They showed literally everybody else except for Cersei's crew. At the right. Well, I, it, it's got to be connected to why they, because A, he's got to be riding the dragon yeah. wherever that is. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so wherever, why, why was he not there with the other generals? Because he's riding the dragon somewhere. Yeah. yeah. But I think, I think maybe that's why they didn't mention the dragon during the battle tactics scene is because they want to pull some surprise. Have it, yeah. With yeah. It. The spectacle, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but uh, yeah, we'll see. It's exciting, yeah. I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting nervous. I'm getting a little anxious yeah. again. We're about to watch it and see what's happening. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Uh, so go enjoy it. We're gonna, yeah. go enjoy it too. Yeah. Thank you so much, everybody, for joining us Yay. here and joining the chat and everybody who hung into the end. Um, yeah, please uh, like us on iTunes and all that groovy stuff. And we will be talking uh, sooner. 
right? Yeah, episode mm-hmm. three. We're talking tomorrow night. Episode three That's tomorrow right. night. We will be streaming again. So uh, let's let's get to it. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> if you have feedback for the Beyond the Wall podcast, you can email us at btw at specficmedia.com. You can also leave us a comment on the website. Go to specficmedia.com where you'll find a shiny BTW button that'll take you right to our page. This podcast is released under a Creative Commons, Attribution, Non-Commercial, Sharealike, 3.0, Unported License. Feel free to share and remix. Just give us credit and don't charge money for it.